Welcome to the As We Go podcast, where we explore God, faith, scripture, and everything in between when it comes to this messy life. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the question, how can a loving God send people to hell? Buckle up, it's a little bit of a longer episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any content. And now for today's episode. What is going on, guys? Will DelVal here, and we are back again, episode number five of the As We Go podcast. Um, I have to say, let's remember when we look at scripture, when we're looking at the word of God, let's continue to look at it with fresh eyes um, to still have like that wonder about what God is saying through his text. And let me remind you, please like, comment, text, um, even now comment in the video or even whatever the links are dm me if you have questions or things you would like me to talk about because i would love to engage more in the conversation um, last week we talked about confessing sin and the importance of confessing sin and that repentance feeling and i want to i want to continue to talk about sin i think it's something important i think it's crucial we all do it right we, we learned last week romans 3 23 do you remember for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. But Jesus says something about sin in Matthew 18 that I want to read that I started thinking about this week when I was thinking about the topic of, of sin and, and repentance. Matthew, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says this. He's talking about sin and temptation. And in verse, in chapter 18, in verse 8, he says, And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, Cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes and be thrown into the hell of fire. Wow. What a sentence. What a phrase. I'm sure a lot of thoughts when you just hear it raw like that come into our minds. I think about that. Jesus is saying when it comes to sin, it is better for us to pluck out our eyes or lop off a limb than to enter into hell with both of those things. Now, is he being literal here? Should we be cutting off our hands? No, please, there's so many more things you can do before you get to that resort, uh, that last resort of cutting off your hand or plucking out your eye. I mean, um, but what he's saying here, and, and get what he's saying, he's saying it's better for us to deal with sin than to be thrown and, 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 and treat sin seriously than to be thrown into hell because we continued on to sin and didn't care. Right? He's talking about a seriousness of sin. Anytime we talk about hell, or I see the word hell. It's a scary topic. Not churches don't talk about it a lot for a reason. It's weird. It's harsh. People get rubbed the wrong way. It sounds very judgmental. But I think that's a very serious topic. Think about it. Almost all of us. I don't think there's anyone listening who's never heard the term hell before. Like a lot of us have heard the term heaven. They kind of are both framed for this thing, this thought of the afterlife. Either someone goes to heaven or someone goes to hell. But I think we really need to take this seriously, right? Our culture has not taken the topic of hell seriously. It just hasn't. I mean, one of the, I think it's ACDC, their famous song, 
I'm on a highway to hell. That would be it. When I when I hear that, knowing the framework of hell, I'm like, that's a terrible song. Why would you want to be on a highway to hell? Get off that highway. Or you know, how many celebrities have said like, you know, um, we're gonna, but when we get to hell, it's gonna be a big party. Or how many people are joking around saying, hey, I'll see you in hell. That is a that's terrible. That is not what we want to do. That's not where we want to go. I, I remember growing up. Um, in the summers, uh, me and my cousins, uh, we would get babysit by a family member, uh, babysat by a family member, and um, I remember when I was like, like really young, like five, six, or seven, I was pretty young, um, I remember one of my cousins, she says to me, my other cousin, she goes, hey, I gotta tell you guys something, and it's really important, and I was like, okay, He's like, she's like, so come closer, because I can't say it out, I can't say it too loud, so we leaned in, and we're like, what, and she's like, never stick the middle finger up to a cop you'll go to hell and me and my cousin are like what what are you talking about she's like yeah never stick the middle finger up to a cop or you will go to hell and we're like oh my gosh what and then we're like well what is hell like we were little and she's like well what happens is there's this devil and and he's gonna tie you to a table and he'll just burn you forever uh i mean we were just like mind blown but it's funny because anytime we talk about hell or anything like that i always have that picture i can remember where we were and i can remember that fear and dread i had and i was like why did god even give me a middle finger um but the idea that imagery has never left that idea of a table and some devil burning me alive forever i think all of us have thought about hell I think we're in agreement that we don't want to go there, but yet we joke about it like we do. What is it? And if it's real, we have to talk about it. You know, when I, this week I was thinking about, you know, I want to do an encouraging message and I want to, I really want to, you know, I want to encourage people, but I can't get out of this mindset that we, if this is real, if hell is serious, we have to talk about it. We can't shy away from it. Jesus was never afraid of talking about hell. You know, in in the the text, one of the words for hell, and hell is a huge, broad topic. There's no way we will ever be able to talk about it in just one episode and cover everything. So you might listen to this episode and please stick it out to the end. I think this is important for us. But you might listen to this episode and think, I have so many questions or he didn't answer this or he didn't answer that or like what about this and or what about that it's a broad topic our translation of hell is like really loose um we used it we've used it for years it's really broad um so i think we just need to take a thirty thousand foot view of what hell is and no hey we're not going to cover all the questions today in one episode but if it's real we got to talk about it, and Jesus wasn't afraid to talk about it. He mentions it several times in the gospel. He uses one word called Gehenna, which translates into hell. He used that at least 12 times in the gospel. Um, so we have to talk about it. And something that's interesting in our culture today, and maybe this has been around for a long time, there's an uptick in those who believe in hell, maybe, but there's also this idea now that hell doesn't exist. Years ago, I read a book called Love Wins by Rob Bell. Um, and I remember he had like this very like crazy trailer of him standing in the snow in the middle of a city. 
and he was very angry and he had this dark music and he says like he was basically saying like i don't believe in hell and he was this pastor and it's crazy and you can look up his story um but i remember thinking like wait is hell not real we kind of all thought but then i started to think i don't know about hell i i i know about hell but is it up for debate what is hell so yeah i think we have to talk about it jesus talks about it also uh also um but i do want to say this jesus says in reference to that song i'm on a highway to hell (laughs) um they're not wrong not that they specifically are on a highway to hell but is there a highway to hell this is what it says in matthew 7 verse 13 enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few i'm going to read it again enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate that is narrow and the way is hard is the one that leads to life and those who find it are few so jesus is talking here he's talking about this this this, this these two paths and he's saying one leads to destruction some translations will use hell the road or the highway to hell is broad and it's easy and many are going to find it. Many are going to go that way. Most are going to go that way. The culture is going to go that way. It's easy. It doesn't ask much of you. Just go this way. Everyone's going to do it. It's a party, but it leads to destruction. But then he talks about this other path that's narrow that leads to life and few are going to find it. How do, how do you find the two? See, the one that leads to life is the one that leads to Jesus, the narrow road. And in the culture, in our culture today, we, we like to think that all paths lead to Jesus and lead to God, but that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, hey, the, the bigger path, the highway, the paved road is leading to destruction. But the narrow road is the one that leads to life. You know, when, when talking about scripture or heaven or hell, some people can assume, hey, I'm being narrow-minded. I, I used to take offense to that. But now I'm like, you know what? I, maybe I am. Because it leads to life. Hell is real. And Jesus talks about it often. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, is it literal? Is it figurative? Are we in hell now? Is it a place we go? And what determines whether we go to heaven or hell? And then there's a lot of questions beneath that right when we read we we talked about probably week after week after week john three sixteen. it's the most popular verse in the bible most memorized i believe and um i mentioned every week and i probably will mention it many more times because it's truth and it's important but and important but when we talk about jesus when we talk about sin right we talked about there's a penalty of sin sin leads to death and the penalty of sin was death. And, and we broke God's law. That's what sin is, missing the mark. And we've all sinned. But remember what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's a life with him. That's a life with God in heaven. In John 16, or I think it was John 14, he says, I prepared a place for you. I'm preparing a place for those who believe and follow me, right? It says, because if you love, the, and you believe, if you love, because God so loved you, 
that he gave his son, that if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. But then begs the second question, what if you don't? What if you don't believe in Jesus? What if you don't think that he's the way to life? Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus comes to save the world, to unite us back with him, to bring us back into right relationship with him. But verse 18 is that verse, and we've read this before in one of the podcasts, but I want to read it again. This is the one that brings up this discussion about heaven or hell. 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this, verse 19, is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. It talks about this coming judgment, this, this idea of judgment. Right? This is the judgment that those, the light came into the world, but the people love the dark. You can kind of see that. Look at the world around us. I don't think any of us can sit here and not agree that something's broken. Something's wrong in the world. It does, it's not, this, it should be different. It's not supposed to be this way. There's war and there's fighting. It's terrible. But because we haven't put our faith in the light. Right? The Bible talks about often this idea of judgment. Right? And even in this one, it's talking about, hey, if you believed... If you believe in who the only son of God, there's eternal life. But if you don't, you're condemned already. In Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about, hey, it says this in verse 27. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. There is judgment. Throughout the Bible, you're going to see this thing called the day of judgment. You're going to talk about God judging us, right? I remember there was an interview with a celebrity. I won't say their name, but they said, like, only God can judge me. The scary thing about that statement is that he will. He will judge us. He'll judge all of us. And we're going to be judged upon our belief, right? Or we're judged on who we know. If we know Jesus and we put our faith in him, he saved us and is granting us eternal life. But if we want to go in, to that judgment room, that, that courtroom, and say, hey, I want you to judge me on my works. We've all sinned. We've all broken that law. Hell is a real place. And we're going to be separated upon belief. So what is hell described as? Well, Jesus describes it in, I think, Matthew 7 or Matthew 13. Let's go to Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, Jesus describes hell this way. And he there's there's so much imagery and different ways that people describe hell. But in this one, uh, Jesus describes hell as this. He talks about this parable of the weeds and the wheat. Those who are righteous and believe in the Lord, they're the, the wheat and they go to eternal life and they get gathered up. And there's these weeds. This is what happens. Then he left the crowds in verse 36 and went to his house. And the disciples came to him saying, Can you explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field? And he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. So, okay, so Jesus is the son of man and the field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom, those who believe. The weeds are the sons of the evil ones, those who don't. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. 
Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace, in the places where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. So he's saying there's going to be some kind of separation at some point, whether it be death or the end, there's going to be this separation and God's going to separate the, the wheat and the weeds, the righteous and the unrighteous, those who believed and those who didn't. And when he separates them, some will be thrown into the fire where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't know if you know what that means, but like think about it, just a place where there's, there's crying and you're just grinding your teeth. And he refers to it as a fiery furnace. Jesus refers to hell as a fiery furnace, a place of torment, a place that lasts forever, eternal fire. And all of it is imagery saying, hey, it's just a place we don't want to go. It's a place we don't want to be at. In Matthew 25, he talks about uh, that we're all one day going to be in front of Jesus. And some of us will go to a place that he's prepared for us, but others who did not follow him who did not follow jesus he they're gonna go in verse 41 it says and then he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels when it's talking about hell jesus doesn't shy away from it and he's saying you don't want to go there and here's all the imagery i'm gonna say that you don't want to go there you don't want to go there it's not a place for you it's not a place for you but people have a terrible misconception of what hell is they do think it's a party even they think that that's where Satan is going to, that's where Satan rules from. And that's where the devil's lair. And that's where, you know, his kingdom is, this kingdom of darkness. Listen, I'll tell you this. Hell is not a kingdom of darkness. And it's not a place where you want to be. Because even in, uh, when it's talking about hell, he said in verse 41 of Matthew 25, hell is a place prepared for the devil, right? Hell is not his kingdom. Hell is his prison. It's his end. It says this in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Satan will, uh, what's it called? Let's see. And the devil in verse 10, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is a place that's torment. It's bad. It's scary. So yeah, we don't want to go there. Hell is not a party. It's not a place we want to see each other. But here's the good news. I mean, none of this is encouraging. I mean, it's like scary. So what is the good news? The good news is Jesus. God loved you so much that he stepped into our world, even though we loved the dark. And he rescued us. That we don't ever have to go there. Right? Hell at the end of the day, whatever it looks like is separation from God. And not a single one of us, even if you don't believe or you do believe, has ever experienced one day without God. Right right now, everything is held together by God. And hell is the place separate from God. So I think it asks a question. Well, there's a few questions. What if you never heard? 
right? That's the that's the bigger question I think everyone talks about. What about those who've never heard the gospel? What about those who are living on an island and never heard the gospel? They never heard the story of Jesus. What about them? What about my loved ones who have never heard? What about... Well, for those who've never heard about Jesus, maybe they live on a remote island or something like that. This is what it says in Romans 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So are they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, and animals, and creeping things. In Romans 1, he's saying, we are without excuse, right? And it's not talking about like, hey, everyone needs to know the gospel, but there's this thing called general revelation that God is revealing himself through creation. And then we can look at the world and we can see how everything is created, how everything perfectly fits together. And we can surmise, hey, something greater than ourselves, something greater than myself must have created all this. And we can humble ourselves and know that, hey, I know that I must be a created being and that there's someone out there worthy of my worship, that he's the creator of all things, right? God's going to do a lot with that general revelation of knowledge of who he is, that his invisible attributes are being made clear to the world. But we do have to think of this. It says, by the confession of our mouth, right? that we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. That there's no other name by which we are saved than Jesus. That's why it's our job to go tell people. That's why I think this is a crucial topic and I'm probably gonna have to do a second episode on this because way too big of a topic. But I think we have to talk about hell. And here it says that people are without excuse, right? God made himself clear to the world and Jesus is our salvation. But, that leads to another question. So anyway, let me back up. So what about those who've never heard? Everyone is without excuse. We can all surmise that we are created beings. Uh, there's a creator. How that all plays out, you know, I don't know. I know God is just and God is fair. But it is our job to tell others about Jesus, right? That says, hey, hey, who will go if we don't tell them? Who, who will go if we don't have the hands and feet? Who will go and tell them? Blessed are the hands and the feet of those who go and preach the good news, who preach the gospel to others. So it's our job to tell people. I think of it this way. What if like a person was on an island, they never heard about Jesus. What happens to them in the end? Well, if we believe that Jesus saves them, and if we even went down the thought process of, well, you know, uh, right now, if they don't know God, they're guaranteed heaven. Then if they got on a plane and got to America, we would have to tell them, hey, don't talk to any Christians. Don't talk to any believers. They might tell you about Jesus and hell. And if you don't accept it, you'll go to hell. That logic doesn't make sense, right? If, if we tell people and then they're accountable, 
then we shouldn't tell anybody about Jesus. But Jesus directly tells us, tell everyone about me. Go save the world. Or you, he saved the world. Go tell of his story. Go tell of his salvation. Go tell of the gospel to everyone. So yeah, we are all, all of us are without excuse when it comes to knowing Jesus. Now, the bigger question I think we need to talk about is does a loving God send people to hell? How can a loving God send people to hell? First, we have to know. It says this in 1 John, and I know I need to end soon, guys. First John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. When we ask the question, how can a loving God send people to hell? The first thing we have to back up, back up and look is, God is love. God is the definition of love. God is in very much himself what true love is. Now, the second question, if God is loving, how can he send people to hell? Well, one, he's the creator. We are the created. He sent his son into the world because he loved us, that it was to bring us back into relationship with him. God is love, but God is also just. And if we've broken his law, he won't let crime go unpunished. And sin is a crime. Breaking his law is a crime. And he's saying, hey, I am providing you a way to be forgiven. I love you so much that I want you to know me. But I will not force you. I will not make you love me. I will not make you have a relationship with me. So those are, hell isn't God necessarily sending us there. It's almost like we're choosing it. We can either choose to follow him in his ways or we can choose life without him. See, God's not going to force you into heaven. Some people say like, hey, I don't want, if that's the kind of God he is, I don't want to go to heaven. God's not going to make any of us be, make any of us be in heaven if we don't want to be with him. But the alternative is separation from him, life away from him. See, following Jesus is a hard road. It's narrow few will find it. And it's our job to spread the gospel and tell people about it. But let me be clear, hell is not a party. Hell is not fun. Hell is not a place we want to see each other. We want to go to eternal life. And the way to eternal life is through his son, Jesus. Now, I I know I babbled on back and forth in this because it's just a big topic. But I think the groundwork we have to know is one, Jesus didn't shy away from talking about hell. He talked about it. Two, hell is a place that we don't want to be and three the way to get to heaven is through his son and our belief in him so that's a lot to think about i'm interested in your thoughts on hell so please comment direct message me like hey what are some of the questions you have maybe we need to do a talk on heaven as well but i want you to leave this conversation this very messy conversation with hell is a place that we don't want to be it's not the devil's kingdom it's his prison But the good news is, we don't have to go there. We can have eternity with Jesus, where he says that we will, he'll one day be with us face to face, wiping the tears from our eyes. See, hell is a place of weeping. Heaven, eternal life, 
is a place where Jesus is wiping the tears from our eyes. Today, will you put your faith in Jesus or will you sit back and really consider, is hell worth talking about? If hell is real, if there really is this afterlife and there really is this place called hell, is it real and is it worth knowing about? And is it worth telling people to make sure they don't go there? I tell the people, I tell people about Jesus all the time because I know hell is real. I don't want to go there. So I put my faith in him, but I also don't want anyone to go there. So I'll tell anyone about Jesus. I think we need to talk about hell more, not in a you're damned to hell, but in saying, hey, there's a God who loves you and cares for you and never wants you to go there. Till next time. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and see you next time.